Okay. Swaggy Naggy, did you hear that? This is going to be fun, let me tell you right now. So in sports, it doesn't matter what, what it is. In business, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, when the leaders are all on the same page, great things happen, and there is buy-in, there is conviction, and we've seen that from this group up here uh, over the years, and certainly with Matt's arrival in 2018. And we saw dramatic wins, we saw near misses, we saw three wins in 12 days in the division in 2018, clinching the NFC North. A division title win over the Packers. Yes, to the painful exit from the playoffs, to the dawning of a new day. And the grind set to begin again here in 2019 with high expectations and a new battle cry of chasing great. We present your leaders here today, everybody. So let's dig into the conversation. Big Tom, I'm going to let you lead off right out of the gate. Well, between Ted and Ryan, the both, the process of Matt Nagy being here, could you just, you know, talk about the process of how that plan started and, and that momentum moved on? Talk about the hiring process with, with Coach? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, Ryan, it seems like your thinking never stops, whether it's scouting players, watching games, and then when the investigative process of, of what we as Bears fans have been through for generations, how does that process start for you? I would think, you know, just with anything we do, player acquisition and definitely a head coach, it was a very, very thorough process. Uh, there's a, a tremendous, tremendous amount of research that goes into that. So it's obviously references, talking to coaches, scouts, players, agents, equipment guys. It was pretty in-depth. Um, I remember watching pretty much any interview Matt's ever done just to get a feel for his personality. Um, as we went into those interviews, um, I was pretty sure the type of person he was, and I think Ted can attest to this too, probably a couple minutes into our interview with Matt, we knew pretty quickly that he was going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And <laughs> and so, so to be honest, like, I'm, this guy's a rock star, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, ha I haven't been surprised. It hasn't surprised me just because uh, that's just who he is, and we're really lucky to have him as our head coach. Yeah, it's, uh, it's easy for me. I get to sit here with the executive of the year and the head coach of the year, and uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, Ryan Pace, when he decided it was time to make a coaching change, his detailed review analysis was beyond, it's beyond approach. It was unbelievable. And the whole process, it's what was really nice is that he kind of knew that Matt might be the guy. And we were lucky enough, because we had interviews with several different coaching candidates, that Matt was the last one. So we went through some crazy times, including hair-raising flights to New England and back. And uh, when we got to Kansas City and we started interviewing Matt, I remember telling George and Ryan, I'm still waiting for one person to come in here and say, I want to be the coach of the Chicago Bears and really mean it. Sure enough, first thing out of Matt's mouth was that. 
And then I think we all kind of felt, because like Ryan said, he knew what Matt was about as a person, that this is the guy. And uh, what can you say? First year, 12 and four, coach of the year. We love having you, Matt. It's almost like a dream, isn't it, for you? Yeah, it is. It's, um, this just right here speaks, you get to see who these men are. And for me, it's completely a dream, but it's not a dream because I know it's real and I'm having fun. And so getting back to the interview, the day of the interview, um, the way I was going to approach it was to just let everything happen the way it's supposed to happen. And within five minutes of being in that hotel room, with, with George, Ted, and, and Ryan, it felt like family. And, and for me, I knew right away that um, this, this was my new home and this was my new family. And so now the rest was gonna be on, on uh, me just being able to show them who I am and let them you know, feel that from me. And uh, it, it's just, when you know something and you feel good about it, it's just so easy to just let your own personality show. And that's where I talk about being you. And from day one, I can honestly say, the relationship that we have from the top with Mrs. McCaskey, the whole way down to the very bottom of whoever that is, being all of us, we never changed. And we're all here, and we're here for the betterment of the Chicago Bears and for the city of Chicago, for you fans. And we know there's only one reason, really, why we're all here. And it's time to do it. Ted, you've been a part of the Bears family since 83, so Ryan and Matt, I want to ask you this. Did you get a better understanding of family when you sat back there and you saw the generations of players that have come through the doors? Because, look, when we were kids, we watched highlights of Butkus. We know what Walter Payton is all about. But now you're handshaking with generations of players, and then you see and you hear the passion from their voices. Do you get a better sense of the family of the Bears from meeting the generations of players? Without a doubt. And I'm going to show my youth here, which is going to be crazy to a lot of people out here. But the very, <laughs> the very first NFL game I ever remember was that Super Bowl against the Patriots. That's <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. And so, I just, you know, things, things in life happen for a reason. And so for me, I was just like a little kid back there in that room when we got here on Friday night. Just, just to be able to see the, the legacy of what these players have done um, from years and years and years ago, to, to sit back and just take it all in, it, it's, it's surreal. You can't make it up. It's a night that all of us will never forget. Uh, so fortunate to be a part of. The stories that were being told, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited, to tell you the truth, on Monday, uh, tomorrow, to get in there with our, our players and our coaches. I cannot wait to hear the stories that they got and, and what they took in and how it's going to affect them for this coming year. You feel it, and it's real, and that's what I'm so, you know, happy for. You know, get up, uh, I don't know, did you see or hear, hear about the defensive line roundtable we had yesterday with Akeem? I did. Hey, he was sitting right here, and, and they're, we're talking about their careers, but they're bringing it all back to 19, and they're talking to Akeem. And... He brought the house down. He was ready to play. He was ready to go. And he said, I accept your challenges. That's all he said. It was a mic drop. The place went crazy. 
show that to the team tomorrow. And, and, and you know, one of the things that a lot of us saw back there, we, we kind of stood back, but Friday night we were out back in the room, and in the back left corner, with no one really paying attention except for everybody, <laughs> we were all looking, and Richard Dent and Khalil Mack, and Richard Dent trying to help Khalil on some different techniques that he could do coming off the edge, and we were all watching it. And I'm telling you, Khalil's sitting there taking it all in, and it, it was pretty cool because this is what it's all about. It's about learning from some of the greatest that have ever come through here. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the players that we have are such good, high-character people that they don't ever think that they got all the answers. We have, we have a really a lot of good players, good people, and, and now it's, we're all trying to mix it and put it together. I think Matt recommended a book that we're reading right now called Legacy, and it's about the New Zealand All Blacks and their rich history. And I think about us in Chicago, and it's, it's really a competitive advantage for us to have the history that we have because not many sports franchises can say this. So when we're back there and you see our players and our coaches and our staff interacting with all these great people, um, to me, it just puts this sense of responsibility on yourself. You, you know, you want to leave, our players want to leave the jersey in a better place than they found it. You know, I think of, you know, Matt's talking to Coach Ditka. We talk about George Hallis. I think about Jim Finks. I mean, we can go on and on and on about the history of the Bears, and it just makes you so proud to be part of this, but then this tremendous responsibility to carry it on for those guys. Did it, did it hit you hard Friday night? Did it really, you personally? It, it really did. I think it sinks in, and, you know, I mean, for us, for Matt and I to sit back there and talk to Coach Ditka for 45 minutes, I mean, that's, that's a highlight. That's huge, and, and just... Just to feel it and, and see our, our, we have a young team right now, and to see them look at these players and see um, what this city can be like with success as we get this thing rolling, I think that's a contagious energy that those guys feel, and it's, it's awesome for all of us to experience. I have to say, so being with the Bears for 36 years, Friday night was so special. In that back room, there were players there who haven't been back for 20 years. One of my favorite players, Neil Anderson, okay? For those of you that don't know, he replaced at the, he was, he was the successor at running back to Walter Payton. Huge, huge shoes to fill. And to see him there, he had his family, one of the most genuine, smiling bear players who just loves the bears. It was so special. Tell you a quick story. A couple years ago on draft day, before the draft got started, one of our scouts, Jeff Shiver, was, was emailing someone. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm emailing Neil Anderson. And I was like, oh my God. I said, I haven't talked to him for 15 years. I emailed him. Two weeks later at home, I get a box of peanuts because he owns peanut farms in Florida. <laughs> and I mean, that's the kind of I, I tell you that because that's the kind of players we have at the Bears. They never forget you. They love, the, they love coming back here, talking to each other, talking to the staff, and uh, it, it was just so special for me. So You know, to amplify about Neil Anderson, he's a first-round draft choice out of University of Florida, running back to take over for Walter. So his first year there, he's Walter still there. Neil Anderson came to the Bears, Nothing he was against. He was the greatest special teams yes. player on punt team yes. we've ever had. He was unblockable, unstoppable, and he would deliver punishing tackles. 
and it was more of his respect for the team that he was drafted by and what he was willing to do. And I think it's neat because we are up here talking to a couple of the Bears players when they come to the new Hallis Hall and they start in their locker room downfield in earning your way up those stairs, earning your locker. It's, it's important. It was important back in the old Hallis Hall. We are all in one hallway together, all in these crappy metal lockers. But then you, when you earn your opportunity, and that's a unique thing about guys like Neil and the other players, is they are concerned about earning their opportunity onto the field. And Ted, in your position, I mean, as you said, you've been here for 36 years, beginning your 37th year. You know, who brought you into the organization? Why did you want to be in sports? And having those relationships as a negotiator for the early part of your career, that wasn't always easy to have those relationships that you renew here in 2019. Yeah, so in 1983, um, I was hired by Jerry Venisi, who had just become the general manager of the Bears after Jim Finks left. So he hired me as the financial person. Um, there's, I mean, I can take up the rest of the time with negotiation stories if you want. Just but, give us your best I'll, of all time. So, so I'll, I'll give you a couple snippets. So 1987, I started negotiating player contracts for the Bears. Jim Harbaugh was our first number one pick. So I spent hours being really detailed preparing for that negotiation. His agent at the time was Lee Steinberg, at the time considered the number one quarterback agent in the business. They were in California. I was in Platteville, Wisconsin, so there was a three-hour time difference. And those guys purposely, they knew I was a rookie, would call me at eight at night, their time, to start negotiating. So I'd be on the phone from 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. Um, one day they finally came to Platteville uh, and they came in with squirt guns and squirted me with water to try to lessen the tension. So uh, I still love Jim Harbaugh to this day because he was my first number one pick. But there's one negotiation which stands out for me. I think it was about 1989. And it was with Steve McMichael. But, but understand, it wasn't with his agent at the end. It was with him. So... You know, you probably saw Steve this weekend, he slimmed down, but back then, he was about probably 300 pounds. His biceps were bigger than my head. And we sat for a negotiation at one point, and we were, I wasn't any further away from him, probably closer than Tom is to me. And it wasn't going well. And he had that long, stringy hair and that Texas drawl and he looked at me near the end and he said, Ted, you know what I'd like to do to you when this negotiation is over? <laughs> now I'm, I'm about 31 years old, so I'm trying to maintain composure. And I took a deep breath. I was scared to death inside. My heart was pounding. And I just said, matter of factly, no, Steve, what? He said, I'd like to punch you right in the face. So I didn't end the negotiation there, because he probably would have. It ended a few days later. He stayed a bear. Uh, and to this day, whenever I see him, gives me a big bear hug. Again, that's the kind of bear. And he hasn't hit me yet. Brian, 
He's, I got hit in the face with him a lot, a lot of times. Ryan, how about your path to where you started, you set your sights, and where you're at in this chair today? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, what's interesting is when you talk about how really all three of us started, we all have our stories. And, you know, Matt was doing a 90-mile drive from Mannheim to the Eagles complex at 4 in the morning. And, you know, I know talking to Ted, you know, he, he took the reins of contract negotiations with the Bears when the Bears needed it. Um, and he had never done it before. And then for me, it was, it was 2001, uh, driving down to New Orleans and standing in line at the job fair uh, for a couple hours and walking in the door and telling them I'll work for free. Um, that's, you know, we all kind of have our story on how we started, but I think all those experiences have molded us into who we are now. And I just think you have an appreciation for every single person in the building. I think it keeps you humble and operating with humility and just really proud of where we're at now because, you know, it's a tough road up. In many respects, and we all do it to a certain extent, but all three of you, you bet on yourselves. You bet on yourselves that you would climb whatever ladder is put in front of you. Obviously, you had to have people helping you along the way, but in large respect, you had to dig deep and do it yourself. Would that characterize the three of you? Is that possibly why you guys get along so well and why you picked him to be your general manager and why you guys chose Matt Nagy to be your head coach? You have to believe in yourself. Uh, like Ryan pointed out, I had never negotiated contracts in my life. I was 30 years old. And uh, I will always be thankful for, to a man in the Bears organization named Bill McGrain. He used to, he used to run our, uh, our headquarter operations, our travel. Um, and he was really wise. He had come in to the Bears from Minnesota with Jim Finks in the 70s. He's since passed away. And I'll never forget him encouraging me to go to Mike McCaskey in 87 after Jerry Venisi had been let go. And he said, Ted, you can do this. And I was scared out of my mind, but I did it. I, I thought to myself, you know what? If you don't take a chance on yourself, who's going to do it for you? And it worked out great. Um, I am so thankful and blessed to be a bear every day. Never had a bad day. Never have a difficult day coming to work. I'm in the NFL with the best franchise in the business. When you decided you wanted to be a general manager and you were going to go for it, and you interviewed for this job, did you already have an idea of what type of player you wanted to bring in to the building, or did you tailor it to fit the mold of the history of this franchise? Because a lot of what you do reflects the history of this franchise. I think, Jeff, when, you, when you're fortunate enough to get a job like this, the first step is you know there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting. You know, they, don't, they come available for a reason, so you know what you're going into. And, and for me, I, I just had confidence that as long as we had time, we could slowly turn this culture, uh, starting uh, with our staff and then the right kind of players. Um, and it, it's an emphasis for us. And we t Matt and I talk about it every single day. And I think now that we have our culture kind of dialed in, we're even more conscious on who we're bringing into our locker room. And it, it really starts there. But I think it's a combination of your past experiences, what you've seen succeed. For me in New Orleans, going from Katrina to a Super Bowl in 2009 and seeing how that transpired and then coming to Chicago and, 
and knowing what this organization stands for, what this city stands for, what will make our fans proud. And we're very conscious of that as scouts in the draft room and free agency to make sure we're hit, hitting on all those traits. Uh, and I think we get better and better each year as we refine that. Matt, I think it's admirable and cool what you did on the first snap against the Green Bay Packers, the T formation, Papa Bear left. A lot of coaches, honestly, a lot of coaches, and, and you know, I've been covering sports for 33 years. Some are real stubborn. They just want to do what they want to do. They don't, they don't think about the bigger picture. You think about the bigger picture. You, the, the, you're tethered to this franchise already, deep, deep into it from, from day one. Is that a conscious decision, or is it just the best way to relate? No, it's a little bit of both. I think uh, you're crazy if you don't do that. Actually, that's the way I look at it. I mean, for us, we as coaches and our players, we kind of sprinkle it in and let them know. When we first got here last year, we explained how rich this tradition is and what it's all about and they're, they're, you, how fortunate you need to feel to be in this position, all of us. And so um, that was a way to tell our fans, our city, our organization, thank you, we respect you, and we're looking to carry the torch. And, and, and so there'll be a lot more of those coming, don't worry. They're, those are fun, those are fun. Um, they're, they're fun when they work, um, coming up with names. You know, we're taking names from everybody right now all over the place, but the guys remember it. And, uh, uh, but we, we uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to have fun with the players. And then, you know, you go back and we have film from back in the 40s. Uh, we have the film and there's some, there's some stuff that's pretty neat. And uh, matter of fact, we found a play that was darn near identical to the result going to the left and the, the Papa Bear left that we ran against Green Bay last year for the same amount, for the same gain of seven yards uh, on first down. So th those, those are, uh, they signify who we are as fun. I just have to add, if you guys could see how these two gentlemen work together seamlessly in the office, you'd be so proud of them. And the results are showing, but every day they have such a great working relationship. And I have to add, when Ryan Pace interviewed, he knocked it out of the park, okay? George and I wanted to hire him on the spot. However, we had one more interview to go. Um, and it was with an internal candidate who actually now is the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard, so he's a really fine man. But we, we forced ourselves to go through that interview. And then when it ended, if I'm not mistaken, we called Ryan and said, you got to come back here now. So that's, that's he, it's the kind of person he is. He was so well prepared. You can feel when he talks about the team, the fire and the passion and the, competitive, the competitiveness that he has. And Matt has all of it as well. They're authentic guys. Love them both. I want to second that with, uh, I want to second Ted and, and, you know, as the head coach, you get all the credit when you win and, um, you know, everybody needs to understand what Ted just said, how fortunate we are to have Ryan Pace as our general manager. He's behind the scenes and you want to talk about a rock star, he's the rock star. And, and so, uh, and he'll, he'll never tell you that. He'll, the one, the one thing about Ryan is he'll, he'll never, ever, ever tell you that because he's one of the most humble people I've ever met in my entire life. And it's just, that's what it's all about. And, and when you have that, um, 
good things normally happen, and we're, we're in that right now. I'm lucky as heck to be his partner, and, uh, you know, we always say we'll, we'll either, if there's times, we'll agree to disagree, but there's not very many of those, and we're in this thing together, and I just want to say thank you, I mean, because we're in a good spot right now. Got to let the applause. So, Matt, I have a question for you. Um, so I was raised by the Chicago Bears, that type of run-the-ball football. My last year in the NFL, I went to the Miami Dolphins purposely to play there for a year and sit in meetings with Don Shula and learn a different aspect of football. In your background, you have a great deal of experience in the Arena League. And I've seen you go out to practice and throw one-on-ones and stuff at practice. How does that type of education into football translate to the modern-day game that seems to be not arena league-ish, but getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands and the development of Mitchell Trubisky. How does that translate to here? Yeah, Tom, I think uh, the, number, the, the thing that it does the most for me with our players is probably the quarterback position. I played quarterback in it. Everything happens a lot quicker. Um, Look at him zing it. That, that's, a, that's a bad release. Bad, bad release. <laughs> break it down. Break down that release. Uh, yeah, How's you the know, footwork? You know, just okay. I hope it's a completion. Yeah, there we go. On Kyle Fuller, I will let, yeah, fire, there it is. Uh, there's more of that to come in Bourbon A this year. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's all about, we call them anticipatory throws, throwing the ball on time. And in the Arena League, the field's half the size, so the ball's got to come out quick. And so our guys use that, and our coaches use it, but the other part of it, too, is just with some of the, um, the choices that you can give to the wide receivers with their adjustments within their routes in a play. And you have to do that a lot in the Arena League. But other than that, there's no walls to be hit over or get, you know, throwing footballs into the stands uh, after a touchdown, uh, per se, all the time in the end zone, falling over walls. But it was fun. It was good. Let's talk Mitch Trubisky. In the Centennial Scrapbook, which we just discussed, there's uh, scouting reports in there, the, the original scouting reports of Brian Erlacher and, and, and reading about Bill Tobin, Jim Finks, and how he put together that 1983 draft. Amazing stuff. Take us behind the scenes a little bit when he first got on your radar and how you, how you started to begin the scouting of Mitch Trubisky and why he's a bear today. I think, Jeff, with any of the players uh, that we're drafting, it really starts with our area scouts first. They're, they're the first boots on the ground. They kind of get these guys on the radar, and then it trickles down to all of us. So uh, for me, you know, it was probably midseason that year. I saw him live in the Sun Bowl. Um, and you're trying to keep these things quiet, especially with the quarterback position. Um, but you fast forward to as we get closer to the draft, and I think you know how we operate. And it's uh, when you have conviction, it's, there's a no regrets mindset. We all live by it. Matt lives by it. When you have conviction on somebody, you know, let's make this work, let's make this happen. We applied it to Mitch, um, we applied it to Cleo Mack. Uh, we can go on and on, on on these decisions we made. I just don't want to ever look back when this is all said and done. And so, man, we, we, we felt it, we had it in our gut, and we didn't act. You know, we're going to be responsible with how we do this, but there's a no regrets mindset. I think Mitch is, is an example of that. Ryan, you said he, he, you said he came on your radar about midseason. Is that, is that unique in the time of, uh, of coming onto your radar, or is, is your radar kind of shrink as, as time goes on? Yeah, Tom, it shrinks as time goes on. David Montgomery would be a good example this year, too. 
Um, I, always, I always like to ask our scouts, uh, tell, me a player, tell me the player in your area that you had the most conviction on. And it could be in the first round or it might be in the seventh round. Tell me a guy you have the most conviction on. Because those guys have been going to that school for years. And they have a really good feel for that. And I really value our scouts' opinions. And then it just goes from there. You know? And, it, and it, they narrow it down for me. Um, the ability to go see those guys live helps a lot when I'm able to get out. Um, but I think that's how, that's how it all happens. And then, of course, you go, there's the combine. And the, we go visit him at his school and the 30 visits. And it, there's a thorough, you know, hard-working process. Um, but that's, that's how it kind of went down with Mitch. Matt, how proud are you are of him taking the reins like he has? And a year ago, he kind of set the tone. We are going to win. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. It was like the stamp from your quarterback. And they did. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing challenge that we put in front of him last year coming here. It's funny, I was just going through our... Um, our, our uh, playbook, our training camp playbook from last year at this time. And I said to, our, uh, to Helfrich and, and Ragone, I said, it's crazy how much we put in that last year at this time. We threw a lot at him, and he handled it all. Our players handled it all offensively uh, and didn't blink. And they understood that we were going to try to see how much they could digest. And in, in somebody like in, in the quarterback position, when you have every, all these different responsibilities that you have between calling the play, getting up to the line of scrimmage, seeing the defense, making the throw, leading your players, telling them how to, you know, how to play, there's a lot on your plate. He never once ever fired back or got, got so frustrated to the point to where he broke. And that was a testament to, to Mitch. And so he knows we have his back. He knows how much we believe in him. He knows we're going to go as far as he goes. And, that, and he wants that. And, and I'm just saying right now, we are in such a great spot with this kid as the leader of our offense and the leader of our team. I'm so excited to see where he's about to take this thing here as we go in training camp. And I'm just, I feel very fortunate. Ted, as we are sitting at the, a draft event that night, the commissioner comes to the podium and he says, there's been a trade. And the anticipation seemed like it was an hour long, but it was only seconds. When was that information um, transferred to you and, go, and Ryan saying, hey, this is the guy we're looking at, and we're jumping up to get him? Well, that, that's one of the special traits that Ryan has. And, and uh, it, it makes me, I'll answer that question this way. It makes me reflect a little. So none of us have met George Hallis. I started four weeks before George Hallis died. But when I think about some of the stories that Ed and Virginia McCaskey family and others have told me about George Hallis, I think he would appreciate the risk taking, the making tough decisions, doing things that are in the best interest of the club and having passion for it. And all of that, Ryan said, Ted, I just want you to know, Trubisky's our guy, there's a lot of action, and if we need to trade up one spot, we're going to do it. And I love that. If you don't take risks like that, when you know you found your leader for the future, you got to go get him, whatever it takes. And he did that. You know, it, it's interesting because when you read the scrapbook of the Chicago Bears and you looked at some of the people that they did miss or pass up on at the quarterback position. right yeah it, it I think it made the Bears fans when you see the dedication of Mitchell Trubisky 
It makes everybody more encouraged and excited about the decision made and what Mitchell Trubisky's future can be. Well, every team's chasing quarterback. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. It, it has to be, it, it, you got to find one. Yeah, the other thing, too, that sometimes I don't think many people other than the city here understands, I've been around a lot of quarterbacks in, in my life. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about blue-collar tough? This kid is tough. And he's in there trying to lift weights with the O-lineman. He's in there trying. We got pull Mitch, you can't do that. We got a, we got a shoulder right here we got to protect. But this kid, is he, he's dirty tough, and we love that about him. There, every single player on our team will go to bat for him and understand how lucky we are. And, and when you have that toughness with the skill set that he has as a passer and as a leader, and, and everything else that he does, um, he's 100% he's football 100% of the time, and I love that about him. Ryan, it just occurred to me, and don't you love these folks? They're the best. It, I mean, they're jacked yeah. up. We love this passion. Love it. So it occurs to me because it, it's so easy in sports and, and certainly in today's world with uh, – every medium out there in the, in the social realm. Everybody plays general manager, everybody plays fantasy football in their mind. Oh, you know, he should do this, they should do this, this. You make these decisions with, in a billion dollar industry. You ever had any of these decisions over time, these quiet moments of reflection for yourself? Man, am I gonna do this? Like, is this, is this actually the right thing to, I mean, what are those moments like for you and we can talk about Khalil Mack also making that decision. I mean, when you're having just private Ryan Pace time. I think, um, you know, I never want to just say me. You know, it's us. And when we make these decisions, we're making these decisions together. And so you're only as good as the people around you. So it's, 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 it's a team effort when we make these decisions. And, you know, ultimately we're, we're, pull, we're pulling the trigger together. But... Again, I, I think there's a lot of people that maybe can go through life, and I, I discourage our scouts from doing this, of uh, not wanting to make decisions, riding the fence, you know, and, and it's easy to do that. Uh, to really be successful, you gotta be willing to make hard decisions, you know? Are you, are you gonna be 100% all the time? You know, maybe not, but hopefully you're gonna learn from those moments when you aren't. And I feel like we've done that over the years, but we're not afraid to make, make decisions. We're, we'll ignore the, the media narrative and, and do what's right for the Bears. And that's what it all comes down to, what's best for the Bears. So the Cleo Mack decision, I remember driving home that night, we knew it was done, and, and going to bed that night and late and thinking, you know, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning and this thing's gonna be huge. And, 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 and really not he, knowing. Let, let me just cut in real quick. He was jamming the whole way home to return of the Mac. Did you sleep? Hey, Ryan. Did you sleep at all that night? No, it's, it's funny. So I, I walk in. It was Stephanie, was, my wife was still, was still awake, and uh, she's sitting on the couch, and I walk in, and uh, it's late, and she goes, how was work? And I said, you know, how was your day? I said, it, it was good. We, we got Cleo Mack. And, and she said, what? And, uh, but it, and it, but it, I, I didn't sleep. There's just so much. Into, that was, there was so much buildup to that, and we can talk about how that whole thing unfolded, but there was so much buildup and so much collaboration and so many hurdles we overcame along the way. Um, but still, when it's about to happen, I mean, we're all human. You're, you're, you're a little nervous. You're, you know, you're a little tense about it. Um, but it's been, obviously, it's been outstanding. But in terms of checking all the boxes to finish it, 
was in a very small time frame. I mean, there's no room for error, really. Yeah, it, there wasn't. But, you know, Ryan did a great job of being prepared, being transparent. We talked through, like, why this guy was a difference maker. And uh, that night when it was done, I had about $140 million, 140 million reasons in my head, like, oh, my God, what are we doing this for? But you know what? What a, what a pick. What a, what, a, what a decision. And could you have picked the best first game for him to have? He's going to be better this year with a training camp with Matt. Yeah, the other part of that, too, is, is what we all need to understand is you have it's, it's like you said about fantasy. It, it, you have, you, we can make decisions, but then you also have to be able to have the okay from management right, and from ownership to say, you know what, you got our backing, you have our support, and we had that. And not every city and not every organization will give that to their head coach and general manager. We have that here. So we, I think uh, we need to all understand that. The, the other, good. So, and, and Ryan said it earlier, but when we, we talk about big decisions internally, we always say, no regrets. When you can say that to yourself, you can sleep well at night and go forward. The other part of it is, and, and it's culture. So yes, this is Khalil Mack. Okay, do, do we really know what he is? His personnel, is he going to fit chemistry-wise? He's a great player, one of the premier pass rushers in football. So you have to dig that out, too. But then you don't, he's got he's to filter into the locker room. Is he accepted? But he's your hardest worker. Uh, Jeff, that, or that, one of your hardest workers, that fit. I would say this. We did, obviously, a tremendous amount of research on him. You know the type of player he is. He's, he's young. He plays a premier position. But when you're talking about his makeup and his work ethic and all those things that he, that he embodies, that's even exceeded expectations for us. I mean, he is the hardest worker on our team. You see it in the weight room. You see it every single day. So when our players are watching Khalil Mack, you know, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, work like that, it trickles down to our whole roster. So he's definitely been a multiplier and even exceeded expectations on that level, which has been awesome. You know... Within the new culture of the Bears, um, Ted and I both started at 250 North Washington, 100,000 square foot of pure football pleasure. Now it's, <laughs> now it's a Hallis Hall campus. And I, I think that in, that apart, that's an important part of the culture of the Bears and how the players accept it. Ted, how did that venture start and how has it filtered through the team, the meetings, and the players? Well, I, you know, we, we had been at Hallis Hall for, mm, the current Hallis Hall for 20 years. And Ryan and I started talking and he's got such a, he, he loves work, looking to the future. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a, a top athlete himself and he's always looking for that edge. How do we get that extra one, two percent edge over someone else? And all of a sudden it kind of, we looked and we decided, wow, we can actually fit this facility on our campus and we need to do it for the team. We had done it for offices and as the staff grew, but to expand and, and make it a first class experience, a work environment for the players and the coaches and the scouts, that's what drove it. Um, and I think we have a headquarters now that's second to none. And that'll lead us, you know, it's, it's great today so celebrating the first hundred years, but part of my job Ryan's job, Matt's job, is how do we start that next hundred years off the right way? 
We've got the team, we've got the GM and the coach, we've got the facilities, so we're ready to go. Matt, or Ryan, when you, that whole idea, the inception of that idea, and then you see the end result, for us alumni, it's as impressive as a facility as you can see anywhere around the country, around the world in sports. Is it equally as impressive to you at this point? It's, I mean, you guys know how much of a passion this is for us. And every single day pulling up right now, you have such a sense of pride when you pull up to the building because of our team and our staff and then now our facility. And for the Matt McCaskey family uh, to allow us to do that and really with, with George and, and Ted leading the charge, and, and making this happen, it, it's, it's been a dream come true. And I think one of the things, advantages we have as, as scouts is we're on the road and you see all these top college facilities and you can see how high those are going and the NFL is doing it now too. So we went out and we visited, you know, what, seven, eight, nine, ten places. And with the college facilities, you have to differentiate, okay, this is for flash and recruiting for an 18-year-old kid and they got 15 different jerseys. For us, it was, okay, what can we take that from these facilities that functionally helps us win games? Like, how does this make our players better? And that's what we've done. And when our players walk in that building, there's such a sense of pride from them too. Like, our organization is reinvesting in us to make us better athletes. And you can see it throughout the building, our staff, our draft room, or the coaches' offices, you can feel it and it just, it just, it just gets you such support um, to succeed for this franchise. Matt, what is the feedback from players about this unbelievable facility? And folks, it's spectacular. The pictures don't do it justice. No, they, they understand completely what, what they're dealing with. And we made it a message April 13th when they got here. Uh, it was completely fresh. Is By no means do you ever think you're getting spoiled with this thing. And you're not going to get soft. I mean, it's so nice that you've got to work even harder now because you have this. And we've invested a lot to help you um, feel exactly how you should feel, and that's at being the best in the NFL. And they've done an amazing job. Uh, you know, we've talked about the attendance in, in the uh, voluntary camp. Everyone's showing up, everyone's working hard. Uh, it feels really good right now with where we're at. Coaches too, I mean the coaches, they, we have amazing uh, offices that, that we're working from now. And there's just, uh, there's, there's, a, uh, there's an advantage for us right now that we need to take full advantage of of these facilities and uh, it's just a credit to everybody for being a part of it. All right, we have uh, less than uh, seven minutes. Time's flying by, that's for sure. I know we have some questions from the crowd. We'll be getting those here in a moment. Matt, it's an obvious question. It's asked of every head coach when they debut. What'd you learn about yourself in 2018 that you can apply 2019 and moving forward? Well, the biggest thing is that you're only as good as the people around you. And it sounds kind of cliche-ish, but that's really true. And for, for, for myself, coming in as a first-year head coach, the, uh, the ultimate goal is to be able to earn the trust of your coaches and players. And that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen in the first couple weeks. You, you need to build it through relationships. That's at practice, in meetings, and then on game day. And then you also need to do it by winning. If you don't win, none of us are going to be here very long. And so once you win, they start listening to more and more of what you have to say. They start believing in what you have to say. The trust gets a lot stronger. And now you build this bully. And we're right there at that point to where everyone really believes in each other. It's becoming such a, such a great bond that we have. And we just can't, get, we can't wait to get back to training camp and then be rolling in that week one. When that schedule came out, 
Hey, it's hard for anybody to deny week one. But you, the roller coaster schedule of starting times, going to London, does that, uh, does that like, do you reinvent the thinking process or have you had enough experience in those roller coaster schedules where you know how to be able to set up your, your schedule before the season ever starts? So, Tom, for me personally, I was uh, my, my greatest mentor that I have in the football world is Coach Reed. And he's always taught me a lesson. When you're, when you're a head coach, you better not be hoping for 12 o'clock games. You better be wanting those primetime games. And if you're getting primetime games, it means you're doing something right. So when we, when we, uh, we're, 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 we're there right now, but we're not done. And, and so six, seven years ago when we got to Kansas City, um, we had all 12 o'clock games. And by the end of it, the last couple of years, there was a bunch of uh, primetime games. And now here we are last year, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of 12 o'clock when we got here. We had a couple flexed as the year went on. They wanted a part of it. And, and now here we are this year, but there's a responsibility and an accountability for all of us now. But that, if you don't crave that and you don't want that, you need to get out. And we want that. We want that. Our, everybody here wants it, you know? So let's go, right? right? Come on, I'm, I'm getting like fired up right now. Hey, after, after meeting, um, there you go. Oh, there it is. Talk about getting fired up. Yeah. Club Dub. It, here's the deal. With Sweeping that too. the nation. Here's the deal. I just had a goal this morning. I, I want Mrs. McCaskey in the middle of that at the very end of the year in the big boy. I want her front and center. Right? In all reality, that has had more impact, I believe, than people might have suspected. Not only here, but throughout the league. Guys talk, agents talk, agents talk. Have you guys heard back on that? Or just how you guys play the game? Just your personality and how the players view you. Ryan and uh, Matt, what, what have you heard from agents? And, uh, and when you started interviewing free agents and so forth and the draft picks? That, that's 100% true, Jeff. Like this, this free agency, we felt it right away. Players want to come here. Players want to be part of this. Players want to be part of that. And... Uh, it's, it's, it's because of Matt and the culture he started. I mean, we win, uh, but we have fun doing it, you know, and there's a blend. And players, players sense that around the league. It's a small fraternity. People talk. And I think, you know, in years past, we can go talk about previous uh, free agencies. Uh, when you're not winning, you're not doing players, it's hard to get guys to come here, you know, and at fair contracts. Well, this, guys want to come here. Guys will, guys will take less to come here to, just to be part of this. Um, because look how fun it is. <laughs> Matt, you've alluded to it several times. In a heart-to-heart -heart with your team, how did you frame the pain? Well, I was real with them, number one. You gotta be real. And, um, but then you gotta be a teacher, I do, and our coaches. We need to teach our players of how we're gonna use this thing and turn it into a positive. And we've done that now. We've, we've shown other examples uh, throughout recent history of, of how other teams have turned negatives into positives. 
Um, I've, I've said it from day one. We're not a team that is, we're not, pes we're not full of pessimism. You know, we're, we're glass half full. Uh, let's use it to help us get better. And I promise you, that's what we're going to do. And for some people, it's hard to talk about. It's not for me. Talk, talk about it and, and understand it and use it. And I just want our players to understand that when you're real and you're honest with people and you treat people the right way and you try to let them learn from prior experiences, that in the end, it just makes it that much sweeter when you do finally get that, that trophy. And you got to realize there's some highs and lows throughout that. But uh, that was a low last year at the end of the year. Uh, we, we acknowledge that, but we're not going to run away from it. I promise you that. It's going to make us stronger. Hey, all, all you guys, the fan support at training camp, how important is that? Because there's not a lot of places that they'll get 10,000 wrapped around, and it's motivating to the players as they come through the gates in order to get prepared. How important is that, fan? Yeah, without a doubt. It's, uh, it's absolutely amazing to, to see um, just the amount of people and the passion that you feel when you're out there. Those are some, some difficult days for those players now. There can be some hot days, and they're tired, and, and you all pick them up, and you're excited to hear you cheering for them. And, and so uh, we want to be able to give back as much as we can and just extend a thank you for showing your support to us. So we, we love it. We think it's great. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, it's, all, it's about family, and that, that's, a, that's a great time to get all the family together and cheer everybody on. Honestly, we could spend a lot of time up here walking down memory lane with Ted and your journeys, uh, but the journey that matters is, is underway now. 2019 is about to unfold, and uh, I know I speak for Tom. We cannot wait. I know you guys can't wait. It's going to be quite the ride. We thank you all, A, for how open you have been about the process and how it's been built and the stories behind it all. And we use the term organic a lot to describe Matt and Ryan. Ted's the very much the same way. And I think from my perspective, it's why you guys resonate with everybody, not only your locker room, but the fans, ownership, and the city that loves this football team more than any other. So I thank you for that. And uh, Matt, put it in perspective, what chasing great is. So wrap us up. Wrap up 100 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to say something, and, but I, 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 I'm excited right now. I'm peaking too soon. So uh, I'm, we're excited. This 100-year this anniversary for us, uh, chasing great, is being able to carry that jersey at, that represents so many amazing human beings and players that came through this great city and this great organization. So for us, collectively, we understand that. We take it on. We want the challenge. Uh, thank you to the greatest city in the world, to the best fans in the world. Thank you for supporting us. We appreciate it. It means a lot. I know everybody here has come from a lot of different states and other countries, and uh, we just can't thank you enough. We feel the passion. We feel the love. We want to give it back, and there's only one way to do it. That's by winning, and it makes you all happy. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, Ted Phillips. We've enjoyed it. Hope you have as well. Go Bears!